Welcome back to Yeah, that can't be good. A rewatch podcast of the sci-fi original series Eureka. Let's get going. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis, Season 4, Episode 18. This one time at Space Camp. Senator Wen conducts final evaluations of the Astraeus candidates. Carter and Allison appeal their ruling on their relationship. Created by Jamie Paglia and Andrew Cosby, written by Amy Berg, and directed by Andrew Seckler. Original air date, August 29th, 2011. Oh, and there's this one time at Space Camp. Hi, this is Vicky, and I'm here with my co-host, Doug Gramley. Hi. For Season 4, Episode 18, This One Time at Space Camp. All right, so the last two episodes we've done together haven't been your favorites. How did you feel about this one? Yeah, kind of the same. <laughs> this was a little hard to swallow. The name of the episode is a little misleading. Yeah, I guess. It wasn't really, I mean, it's playing off the whole American Pie, this one time at Bandcamp thing, and I don't know, it just didn't seem like it, was, it wasn't that big of a focus in the episode. Yeah, I guess. It was kind of fun to find out that Fargo and Parrish knew each other that far back. Or did they even realize that they knew each other? Yeah, I think they did, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Be- well, when Senator Wen asks Fargo what happened to the awesomest possum or whatever he was, Fargo just looks, and then they shoot right over to Parrish's story. So I am kind of think they did know each other then. Maybe. Like, right now, they know that they've known each other since space camp? Yeah, that's possible. Well, that's the most dangerous space camp <laughs> I think I've ever seen. I know. You're letting a bunch of, you know, 10, 11-year-olds play with low torches. Doesn't <laughs> seem safe, but... No. All right, we'll get into the episode. We open in Cafe DM with Joe's and Zane waiting impatiently for their final interview schedule. Joe's concerned about being in a room and talking. She doesn't like talking about herself. Zane gets his call first, and they just really only give you 15 minutes notice to get there. Yeah. They hook him up to some sort of device that shows his memories on screen, which kind of resembled the thing that Warren put on Carter. When? When he came to audit there. I'm so excited. Oh, later in the episode, you mean? No, last episode when... Oh, no, I'm getting all mixed up. Never mind. (laughs) But I'm mixing up episodes. Yeah, later in the episode. (laughs) Yeah, it is the same thing. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. They said that it's the same technology. All right, I'm just confused, and I'm thinking I'm in a different episode then. Okay. Carter runs into Allison, who's trying to keep their relationship quiet, since the auditor told them they were not approved. So they're not actually supposed to be in a relationship right now. Right, they're under appeal. Right. As usual, Allison is trying to keep it down, and Carter is not taking it seriously. No. They're waiting on a supervisor to hear their appeal. Allison is heading to the Astraeus because they're testing everything, apparently, today. Carter, Allison, and Henry are watching the test and the electromagnetic shielding when Warren appears right beside them. Apparently, he's the supervisor hearing their appeal, which... Makes no sense. No, to anybody. So he wants them to use the BioVortex recorder, which records past memories, which could prove to be a problem if it shows in 1947. It does show 1947. I know. Carter was worried about that. Was he worried about that, or was he just worried about showing something else, like, unintentionally? 
I think he was worried about 1947, because that would be my first worry, you know, if you can go to jail for treason. Yeah, that's what I thought when they did that, and then they actually reference, you know, something that happened in 1947 later on. What do you mean he references it? Warren, like, actually remembers. I mean, maybe he just didn't realize. I think Carter realizes all those memories were from 1947, or things... Carter did, yeah. No, Yeah. yeah, but they made him forget. Because that's what Carter was concerned about. But Allison told him that it'd be fine because it only records events that you're willing to share. Yeah. Yeah, but how could you be willing to share something that you're just, you're thinking about it? Exactly. So if it's, if you're thinking about it, this, this thing is supposed to share it. And the more that you don't want to think about something, the more you're going to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't make any sense, but Allison seemed to think it would be fine. But of course, you know, it wasn't. Carter goes into a lot of gibberish about the Marshmallow Man. No, see, I've seen this before, and then the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man kept going down the street, and I'd know. But Warren says he has to do it, or they'll cancel the appeal. Yeah. So memories download in seconds, and it's over. I think we have what we need. That's it. Well, what were you expecting, the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> oh, expects the Spanish Inquisition. And on the screen, you could already see a picture of Allison dead. Yeah. So you already know there's going to be a problem. That's not in 1947, but that was because of 1947. Warren spills his coffee and gets shocked on Carter's headgear. He says it's nothing and puts it away. He also says he'll get back to them when he reviews the memories, but they shouldn't hold their breath for different results. I don't know. If I spill coffee on my phone or... (laughs) liquid on my phone or computer i don't just pick it up and just put it in a case and walk away i'm jumping freaking out all over yeah the place. grabbing like paper towels or something <laughs> you make you're wiping it down well this piece of technology probably costs billions of dollars right so in his interview zane talks about his childhood and not having a role model and how his father was not reliable yes that was very sad yeah it was kind of but he says his father wasn't reliable but he doesn't really say so was he around or was he just gone I think he was around. I think maybe he was just more or less like an absentee. So he hacks the NASA website so he could pretend his father was an astronaut for class presentation or bring your father to school day. I can't stand that schools do that kind of stuff. Bring your mother to school day. Bring your father to school day. Yeah. Because what happens to the kids who don't have a mother or a father? I always hated that. And nowadays, you know everything about the family. Like a teacher knows everything about, you know, the situation and stuff at home. Yeah. Because I don't know if it's just the people are open about it, but like, I felt like, like that teacher would have had some kind of knowledge now. Like it, it was a different time back when, when Zane was in school, I guess. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, she didn't seem to know because she said to him, I'm looking forward to finally meeting your father. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Just even like these father-daughter dances and things and come up with something different, you know. So you hacked into NASA's mainframe in the fifth grade. I created a false identity. I photoshopped his picture into the images. I should have gotten an A. You should have been expelled. I was, actually. So why an astronaut? Why not make him a spy or, or a pro athlete? Yeah, it's what I wanted to be and still do. And yet you tell us the story of your first felony. How is that supposed to convince us? Because you need me. When the pressure's on, I know how to improvise. I've been doing it my entire life. We're assembling the best team of 20 out of hundreds of applicants. You're a loner, Mr. Donovan. She talks about him hacking NASA when he was young, and he argues that they need him because he can handle pressure. Right. 
Wen argues that he's not a team player, and he walks out of the interview. And he says something about, you know, if I haven't proven myself to you at this point, there's no point in going on with this. Right. And while Jack and Allison joke about custody agreements, the alarm sounds. So should I just ship your stuff back to you? You want to come over and pick Stop it up? Stop it. How about Sarah? Should you do a custody agreement? Something official? <laughs> it's not funny. It's a little funny. They run to the Astraeus to find the main engines won't shut down, and they're locked out of the controls. So if it takes off inside, it'll tear a hole right through GD, obviously. Henry tries flooding the compartment with some sort of gas to accelerate the ions to the point of shutting down. It works, but they don't know what caused it in the first place. You know, over the next couple episodes, if I was going on this trip, I wouldn't go on this trip. Yeah, I just wanted to get it over with. Yeah, but I wouldn't be going. There's just too many things that keep going wrong while the ship is on the ground. You know, they're trying to figure out what happened. And now, I would bet my life, Carter would have no idea what he's looking at. Exactly. 99% of the time. And he's the one who points out, hey, what's that thing over there that looks like it doesn't belong? Right. He's the one who calls it out. There's no way. I'm sorry. I don't buy it. Exactly. And if Carter's the one calling out the things that are going wrong, still, I wouldn't be getting on the ship when it's time to. Right. Nobody else could figure the, the people that built the thing <laughs> didn't see it. It's right there. I mean, it's. Right. It wasn't like it was hidden someplace. Right. They just had to reach in and grab it. Right. We move on to Holly and Fargo jogging and Holly complaining that she missed the thruster test. Fargo wants to continue to practice for the interview, but Holly disagrees. She wants them to take their minds off the interview. Paris shows up on a bike just to be snarky and kind of psych Fargo out. Doug, we went on this run to take our minds off the interview. An excellent idea. Best not to focus on the many, many ways that you could choke. Well, may the best man, blah, blah, blah. Holly says they need to find another way to take their minds off the interview. And I couldn't find it. I was looking for it. There's an outtake of Parrish riding up on the bike. Yeah. And he keeps falling over. <laughs> I know I saw it somewhere. And I looked all over YouTube to find it so I could put it on the website. But I can't find it anywhere. So I don't know where I saw it. He rides up on the bike and just topples over. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the thing doesn't look like it's the easiest no. bike ride. <laughs> By keeping their minds off the interview, they apparently meant playing Dungeons and Dragons. There's too much of that sexual undertones. Yeah. It's too much now. They kind of go overboard with it, yeah. Yeah, it's awkward, it's uncomfortable for everybody. It's just, yeah. No, you're right. During Dungeons and Dragons, Fargo gets called for his interview. Holly gives him a game piece for luck. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was a particular game piece or if there's a significance to it. Cause it I don't like a dice or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know Dungeons and Dragons at all. So they find a piece of metal jammed into the grid. Carter thinks it might be an ex-candidate trying to sabotage the mission. They go to see Dr. Ward because it's his photovoltaic capacitor, right? Yeah, I <laughs> don't think it meant anything. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's words strung together to call something some uh, item something it really served no purpose it could have just been a metal rod yeah you know exactly so that's what was jammed into the grid right he says it's useless now because it's nicked carter wonders how the opposite end of the capacitor got nicked joe thinks that it might have been shot from something i probably would have gone and looked at the surveillance video (laughs) okay so you really didn't like this episode (laughs) no i mean it was just kind of like they just gl- glossed over so many things. I know. If you looked at the video, you would have seen who had done it. 
You're right. And then you would have prevented him from doing what he did later on in the episode. It's easy. It's common sense. There's got to be cameras everywhere. You know, and they never go to video. Right. Just we go never to the see video. Them. We never see them do that ever. Right. Really, I don't think. No, none. There's that's, no point. There's probably no surveillance room. That's weird. That's a good point. Because they're so high tech, you think that would be the first thing they do for anything. And whenever <laughs> there's always people around. I don't think they've ever shown a part of global dynamics, you know, other than like some of those times when everyone's in lockdown or something like that. There's always people everywhere. They have so many extras. Someone had to have seen something. No, you're right. Joe leaves to see if she can figure out what may have fired the capacitor, and Carter follows a trail of maze kernels, which we remember from his visit to Zoe's dorm after the get back from 1947. Yeah, again, nobody saw somebody throwing down corn on the floor. Seems like just a weird thing. I mean, it was right there in the hallway. Right. And he follows the trail into a decontamination uh, chamber. This is where, obviously, I mean, I've seen it enough times, but I think the first time I realized this has something to do with his memories. Yeah, I didn't get that. Just because of the cat that they made him visit. Yeah, well, after after he mentions it, I remembered. I kind of figured it had to do with his memories, and then I thought, although they never say it, and it probably was just coincidence, I figured the decontamination chamber was when they made him way back. Might have even been the first season when they made him go into the decontamination chamber in the middle of the road. I just thought everything had to do with his memories, but that part might not have been. Well, it could have been, but I think it was also back with the cat where he put the cat inside the shower. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I think that's where it came from. That's right. Yeah, that makes more sense. So back in the infirmary, Elson wonders if there's a connection between the sabotage and his decontamination. Carter can't make the connection, but he does find the maze kernels interesting. He says it's like deja vu. Yeah. Wen asks Fargo why he wants to go to space. He tells her that he's dreamed of this since he was a kid, and everything he's done since is part of working towards going to space. She questions his not-so-perfect history. Why do you want this? It's what I've dreamed of since I was a kid. Everything I've done has been towards this goal. And yet, you have quite a history of making, shall we say, questionable choices. The most recent includes wormholing Dr. Martin. What? No, 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 I swear, we've only just kissed. Fargo shares memories of the galaxy camp about his team competing against the awesome possums. (laughs) Stupid name. The possums seem to be a team led by a bully. Fargo has an idea to get more power, but their rocket doesn't ignite at first and then blows and catches fire. Now, for some reason, and maybe I'm not paying attention, I could have sworn, and maybe I'm just remembering it wrong, I could have sworn that Parrish sabotaged their rocket. But I guess not. I kind of remembered it that way. Yeah, I I mean, I thought that's where it was going. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe I just thought it was going that way, and that's the way I remember it. Well, anyway, his rocket blows and catches fire. The possums win, but the camp leader says Fargo's design was awesome, and he tells Fargo to give him a call. He's a chief engineer at some company, and he wants to show his design to the people he works with. Fargo says his design led to power sources for current spacecraft. Yeah. He learned that you can't always play it safe. Before he leaves, Wen asks what happened to his rival, the awesomest possum. We don't get an answer, but instead we go back to Galaxy Camp to show the awesomest possum not so humbly accepting his award. And we flash back to real time to perish. (laughs) 
By the way, whatever happened to your rival? The awesomest possum. Five years in a row, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's been a great camper. Five years in a row. It is a possum dynasty. Despite the insufficient intellect of my teammates, I found a way to win. It's been a fantastic camp for everybody. You guys were great. They were just a little greater. All right, I'll see you all again next year. Yeah. And that is how I led the possums to an unprecedented fifth straight victory. What a jerk. <laughs> Trophy in hand. <laughs> I know, but I love that character. Oh, I can't stand him. Oh, I love the character. He's just so funny. I think the last episode you said, why didn't Carter yell at him? Because he's just so evil. And you always think he must be behind it, and he's never behind it. He's a jerk, but he plays the jerk really well. He does, but he, like, ruins himself moving forward. That's the problem, like, when you play when you play a character so well, moving forward, people just remember you for that character. Oh, you think that he's ruining his career by playing this character well, I'm, so no, well? I'm not saying he ruined his career, but I'm just saying that moving forward, it's hard to look past somebody because they played a character so well. I don't like that person because his character in this show was a douche. I mean, I could see that happening to some people, but a good actor can overcome that. I thought you meant that he was ruining his chances for the mission. Clearly he did. Yeah. Parrish comes out of the interview full of confidence, and it's Holly's turn to go in. Holly makes it clear that her attention is gone, and Fargo shows Parrish the game piece. He's shocked because Holly told him she doesn't do role-playing. Right, again, with the whole, <laughs> you know. They all leave, right. and we see yeah. someone stun the guard and drag him away. I had a problem with this. This guy, he's, he's a trained military personnel. He has no vision. He's got no preferable vision. <laughs> he doesn't see somebody walking up to him and to stun him. Nobody saw this. And check the cameras. Right. Joe finds a bow and believes it's the weapon that shot the capacitator into the Astraeus grid. They find the guard tied up without his uniform in the elevator. The guard didn't see what happened to him, and he didn't see who did it. Joe gets called. Her interview is next after Holly's finished. Holly's babbling. And just when they're losing patience with her, she starts to tell a story about Galaxy Camp, but they don't let her finish. And there was this one time at Space Camp. I went to the real one, but there was another one called Galaxy Camp that got shut down for safety violations. Anyway, I can fade the lights to turn on at night every hour and a half, since astronauts have to learn how to sleep with a sunrise every 90 minutes during real missions. <laughs> that did not go over with my roommates as well as you might think. I think I speak for everyone when I say that uh, we really don't need to hear anymore. Oh, but no, we really don't. I was kind of hoping to hear her story about Galaxy Camp. Yeah, that's why I'm saying, like, it, the whole camp thing was really only two people. Right, but it seems like she went there, too. No, she said she went to the real one because the other one got shut down for safety violations or something. Oh, I thought she went to both, and she had a story. Yeah, and I think she was referring to the one where the tent caught fire because they're letting kids play with blowtorches. <laughs> right, okay, so now I'm not mad that they didn't let her finish. Back at the infirmary, Henry tells Carter that the decontamination chamber was set to go off as soon as anyone went inside. Carter tries to figure out who set a random trap for a random person, and they wonder about the guard uniform as well. In Allison's office, we see a uniform approach her at her desk. It's Warren. This was cringeworthy to me. Yeah, I'm done with him coming back. One episode of him was enough. He gives her a pager and starts to dance with her. She doesn't know what's happening. And he tells her that it's almost time to disappear and tries to kiss her just for luck. 
Carter starts putting the pieces together. The maze kernels, the arrow with lightning. And I didn't catch that. The arrow that whoever shot into the Astraeus. Yeah. When Henry booted up the Astraeus, it all looked like lightning. That was relative to him having to shoot the arrow into the positronic lightning or something. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. And then him stealing a uniform in 1947. Henry thinks someone's reading Jack's mind and Carter realizes it's Warren. Allison tries to talk to Warren and figure out what's happening while he's going from confused to remembering 1947 to the Beverly Brain Jack. He tases Allison and flashes to Allison dying on the road. He thinks she's dead and then goes off on a mission of revenge for whoever killed her. Jack, her, her injuries. I, I, I tried. I'm sorry. Allison tells them that Jack's memories are taking over, and if they don't stop it soon, there won't be anything left to Warren. Grace is working on reversing the problem, and Vincent calls to tell them that Warren thinks the jukebox is some sort of voodoo magic machine, and he's tearing out the wires. Carter almost gets him out of Cafe Diem when he thinks he sees the orange ethane gas on the street. Carter reminds him that they fixed the air, and he seems to remember. Carter gets him into a cell, but Warren is still convinced that Beverly's trying to take over GD. You can't do this! Beverly Parlow knocked everyone out! She's trying to take over GD! I don't remember that one. This is a ridiculous town. <laughs> so, uh, you arrested him? While Henry is telling Carter about reversing Warren's memories of Carter, Warren escapes from the cell and takes off in Carter's car. Yeah, they didn't see him escaping. No, and he escaped because Carter has to hide a key in the cell. Just in case he locks himself in. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and of course, because he has Carter's memories, he knew about the fake brick or something. Yeah. Joe's in her interview, and Joe has memories of competing with her brothers and trying to convince them and her father that she can do what they can do. I followed in my brother's footsteps, matched every honor, every achievement. And I've never backed down from a challenge since. Sounds exhausting. It was. But it was worth it. It's how I ended up in Eureka. Well, your brothers definitely won't be able to match you this time. I'd say going to Titan would trump anything that they could do on Earth. I guess so. The interview makes her realize that she's still trying to live up to her brothers. Meanwhile... Jack and Henry are chasing Warren and trying to get him on the radio. We imagine he's racing to Allison's rescue. He mentions Grant and Beverly, and Carter realizes that this is exactly what he's doing. But he's going to drive right off a cliff if they can't stop him, because that holographic warehouse is not there anymore. Yeah, I would have just let him keep going. True, because it's, it's terrible to say, but really, if they can't fix his memories... They're all going down. I wasn't even thinking that. I know, you would. <laughs> Just go. So Henry and Jack catch up to him, and Jack tells him not to trust himself because he's telling him to trust himself like Jack did. And that's the longest quarter mile anyone has ever driven. And every time they go down that road, it seems that way. Like when Jack was on his way to save Allison. Yeah. This one, yeah, definitely took forever. Warren won't listen. So Jack has to get in front of him and block him from driving over the edge. Warren is inconsolable thinking they let Allison die. 
Back at GD, Grace is treating Warren. He's out cold. She's trying to remove his short-term memory because they don't want him to remember any of this 1947 stuff. Allison gets a call from Senator Wen. They have made the final selections. So Cafe Diem is full of people waiting for the results. Carter comes in to tell Joe that she was not accepted. He seems very upset and he's afraid to tell her, but she already knows because she took her name out of contention. Joe thinks he's sweet for wanting to do it himself. She asks if Zane made it, and Carter, I think, says yes. I don't even remember if he answers. Yeah, I think he says yes. She tells him she withdrew her name. As she says that, Zane walks in and hears her, and he's angry. And she tells him it's not her dream like it is for everyone else. So all of the notifications start to come out. Holly and Fargo in Parish, we can assume, is not. He congratulates Holly and gives Fargo yet another speech about favoritism. Back at GD, Warren believes he passed out because of a wine, and he can't remember any of the day. But, apparently they got rid of his memories, but not the emotions of, from the memories. Because now he just loves them. Right. And can't think of why anybody would try to keep them apart. Well, it was really great to see both of you, and I have the recordings right in here. But I don't need to look at them. It's just a formality. We figured as much. I mean, really... No one in their right mind would keep the two of you apart. You, you guys, you're perfect together. I don't know what it is, but I just feel such an incredibly strong connection to you. Uh, I just, I just, I get you, you know? His first ruling is overturned and their relationship is approved. The end. Yeah, lucky them. (laughs) Come on. Come on, there has to be something that you liked about this episode. Something I liked about the episode. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was it was bad. The episode itself was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that nobody in GD was gonna blow up the world. But there's some some little things that you like notice the second time around. Oh, I know. It's really weird watching this, this whole series this time. You you know, you're not just watching it to watch it. Right. You kind of have to look for something to pick at. Because I know you never want to see Warren again. I think there actually is just one more episode with him. It's a really good episode, though. It's just too much with him. Yeah, but I don't think it has anything to do with their relationship when he comes the next time. Yeah, but it's not even the plot. It's just, it's like one volume with him. You're talking about like a character or an actor playing a role. It's the same role, always. For me, it's just a little too much. Yeah. It's a nice surprise when it's once in the season as like a cameo. And you're like, okay, that was fun. Let's move on to something else. (laughs) And then you see it again. Maybe it wasn't so much fun. Yeah, I don't know if he's playing the same character, but because he has such a distinct voice. Right. I think that. them all the same. Yeah. I kind of liked this episode. I liked the stories about Space Camp. I liked learning that Fargo and Parrish have been rivals for... Yeah, I wish it was just more of it, you know? Yeah. I would have been fine with a, an entire episode... Of Space Camp, of right. Everybody, everybody being interviewed was talking about... Like, it almost would have been better had it been... They were interviewing everybody who was on the mission, and they were all in the same space camp, and the space camp that they went to was like a mini Eureka or mini global dynamics, Oh, you know, yeah. and say Carter was at a sports camp that was right down the road or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you could have had like a whole miniature global dynamics thing going on in the past. Maybe Carter hit a home run or something, you know, and one of the rockets like hit the ball out of the air and, you know, it was an out 
and somebody somebody caught the ball and it was an out and Carter lost the game. You know, yeah, something no, like that. Like it, that would have been. I think it would have would have made a better episode, but. Yeah, you're right. And I said I wanted to hear more about Space Camp, although, yeah. because I thought Holly was there too. But yeah, you're right. I agree. I like the episode, but I agree. Yeah, so if anybody wants, you know, any ideas for a show, <laughs> email us. Well, when we're done with this, you could make up that whole episode. Now that you're thinking about it, I really do. I think that uh, yeah. would have been a, a nice idea. Well, when we're done, you could uh, write your fan fiction and we. <laughs> Yeah, too much work. <laughs> and we and we'll review it. Is there anything else that no, you, we missed? I don't think so. All right, so we will be back next week. See you. All right, see you later. Bye. Bye. I am gonna miss you guys so much. Ditto, Warren. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Call me. Will do. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Join us next time for Season 4, Episode 19. One small step. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At Facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch. Or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.